the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Love Never Fails Radio. Love Never Fails. Inviting you to join in the fight for love. There are millions of people who are trapped in modern day slavery. Take a stand to do something against this injustice. Join the fight against human trafficking. If you truly love, set the captives Each week, this program sheds light on the needs of vulnerable people in our community who are impacted by human trafficking, homelessness, addiction, and abuse, and celebrates the work of those who are meeting them right where they are and expressing to them that they are precious, valued, and loved. Our goal is to see this radio audience move to compassion demonstrated in acts of service, generosity, and gifts of time. Now, here's the host of Love Never Fails Radio, founder and executive director of Love Never Fails, Vanessa Russell. Thanks and welcome to Love Never Fails Radio. We are in the studio today with a dynamic business leader. So grateful to have Jim Cates in the room here, who is the president of Lobby Group LLC, a business intelligence consulting firm. Um, Jim has over 40 years of executive leadership and software development, IT, large system deployment and corporate management and leading companies, including Altera Group, Rocade Corp, Information Technology Solutions, which is now Keen Corp, Synopsis, Silicon Valley or Silicon Graphics and IBM. And um, he's currently serving on the advisory boards of both the Ohio Northern University and the Ohio State University Engineering Compute, uh, Colleges Computer Science and Engineering Department, where he served for over 30 years. Um, he holds an MS in Computer and Information Science from the Ohio State University Engineering College and is the recipient of Ohio State's Distinguished Alumni Award from the College of Engineering. He's also the recipient of the OSU Benjamin G. Lamb Merit, uh, Meritorious um, Achievement Medal and the Ohio Northern University Distinguished Alumnus Award. And he also is the co-author of two books, CIO Wisdom and Climbing the Ladder of Business Intelligence, Lobby. Um, he's been a member of the Association of Computing, Computing Machinery, the largest organization of software computing professionals in the world for over 30 years. And he is also one of the founders, the leaders of East Bay Interagency Training Council, EBIATC, of which Love Never Fails is a member of, as well as Alameda County Social Services, Alameda County Probation, um, and other nonprofits such as ICS, Work It, and a variety of others. We're just so grateful to be in partnership uh, with you, Jim. I see here in your bio, you say your purpose has been mentoring, teaching, and helping youth, the guardians of our nation's future. Thanks for being on the show today, Jim. Thanks for having me, Vanessa. I yeah. enjoyed working with you and EBIATC and Darlene Sloan Hawkins, who I met 
to start this group. Yes. Uh, it's fun. Yes. It's a, it's so much fun. You know, one of the things that's so um, just, uh, just been amazing for me over the last two years is you, you really know that everybody is there uh, because they, they truly care. Um, sometimes it's been, you know, we've been kind of going around in circles and we're trying to figure out how we can better, best serve uh, underserved, under-resourced community members, whether they've been trafficked, whether they're previously incarcerated or veterans, various things make people vulnerable in various ways and hinder their ability to access economically sustainable jobs. And I know that you're um, you're really passionate about that. I'm just wondering, Jim, where, you know, where did that all start? Um, you know, I know that that you've had this long history in the tech world and in the engineering world. Where did, where did this all begin? Well, that's a very interesting question in this particular case. Vanessa, so as I say, I'll, I'll have to take you back to my childhood days. <laughs> um, I'm I'm one of twelve children, um, the son of James and Ada V. Cakes, and I was born in Columbus, Ohio. I spent um, until I was two in the city of Columbus, and as our family grew, we moved to a country farm mm. about nine acres uh, between Columbus and Delaware. It's a very conservative community. Uh, there were only two black families in the whole county. <laughs> and so um, that was where I grew up. Uh, even though there were not many of us, everybody knew us because we delivered coal to everybody in the county. They would drop off, a, uh, they would start a coal car and drop it off at this place called Lewis Center. And my me and my three brothers, who my older brother was 14, 15, and I was mine. Uh, my brother next to me is 12. So between the four of us, we would deliver 40 to 50 tons of coal in the wintertime every week. Wow. <laughs> yeah, wow. that was that, yeah, wow. That that was a lot of work. Hard work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> so um we raised our own food and we worked for the farmers. Um we were eating organically before it became the cool thing to do. Before it was cool, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I was responsible for all the little animals. I handled all the chickens, the eggs, the turkeys, the rabbits. And my brothers handled the big animals, you know, the big pigs and the um, beef and stuff so I wouldn't get hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, but we we hunted uh, rabbits, rifles, so forth. So. That's where I grew up until I was 12. Wow. Rode my little bicycle everywhere, fished in the rivers around there. It was, it was a lot of fun. It was a hard work, but it was a lot of fun. Mm. And um, then we moved to Columbus, Ohio, big city. And uh, very first day of school, <laughs> not knowing anything about this, very first day of school, uh, everything got stolen off my bike and I got beat up. Oh, wow. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. So I yep. was about ready to tell my mom I was ready to head back to the country. Back to the country, <laughs> back to the coal mines. But that was the beginning of my uh, city life. And uh, I navigated that. Um, washed dishes in restaurants. 
had a little bit of the gang life, um, but I had to work with my mother because my father was sick and as my brother left. So every month she wasn't making rent. That was up to me to help make the difference. I dealt, dealt a lot of things. Carried newspapers. I had one newspaper right that was 100 papers every night. Wow. And on Sundays, I had to deliver 100 papers of all that, all the big papers. Um, and then uh, I went to high school, Columbus East, and um, it was a very athletic high school. And I graduated from there, and I was on my way to the Air Force because I had two brothers in the Marines and another brother in the Air Force. I had 150-plus first cousins, and so we covered all the services. That's kind of what Cakes did, and we called ourselves the Warriors. So I was getting ready to go to Air Force and got this letter from the Columbus superintendent. Uh, guy's name was Ivaline, asking me to come and see him. Mm. I didn't really know the superintendent. <laughs> didn't understand what this was about. Hadn't done anything wrong lately. <laughs> and uh, But after, I didn't tell my mother, you know, because she with all the kids. I figured she had enough. I figured maybe I'd just kind of go down and talk to him to see if I was in trouble. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I go down to see him in the big office, and he comes in and introduces himself, and he makes this proposal to me. He says, well, Jim. I have uh, four businessmen that uh, have volunteered to send you to college if you abide by the following four agreements. One is you have to go to one of three schools that they pick, Ohio State, Ohio Northern, or Ohio University. You have to go into engineering. You have to make a three-point every quarter. First quarter, you lose the three-point. All the money goes away. And you have to agree to never find out who they were. So I'm sitting there listening to him, you know, not trusting him to begin with. And now listening to this story, it sounded like that millionaire that used to be for those of you my age. That right. used to be on TV. Yeah. <laughs> so he says, uh, so what do you think? And I guess I should have been excited and so forth, but I haven't really thought about going to college. And, yeah. he, and he was talking about engineering and stuff I hadn't heard of. And so I remember telling him, well, uh, uh, I'll get back to you, Doc. <laughs> so I went home and, uh, two days later because I was working at a restaurant and I get home late. But anyway, I saw my mother and told her and she got excited and started saying praise the Lord. And I could see. She was really excited about this and really thought it was a possibility. I was just thinking it was these pads and things and I was going to move on. And she sat down and told me she had had this dream and God had told her one of her sons was going to go and she concluded it was me. And I said, well, mom, you, you have four other sons. You probably just heard God. Right? I said, it probably wasn't me. It was Stephen. <laughs> <laughs> because Stephen was my youngest brother and he was kind of academic and you know I, I just and I really thought it was him I couldn't imagine God was choosing me because I'm, I'm I was one of the warriors I was one of the big four that yeah. we looked for and uh she said boy don't be telling me I know what God told me <laughs> so I, you know when she gave me that look I knew not to ask her again yeah but I said well 
okay, mom, let me think about it. And I would go back and talk to her. And I come, came back with my various reasons I shouldn't try to do this. And every time she'd say it, God will help you. And I'd say, mom, but I don't even know what the calculus is. Calculus is. She says, God will help you. I don't have any clothes to go to school. God will make a way. <laughs> so I said, okay, I'm fighting against God here. This is a losing battle. So I'm right. I'm just not going. <laughs> I thought that was it. And then this Sarah her and another lady and Miss Thompson, they do an intervention on a Saturday morning. And they both sit down there while I'm getting ready to eat breakfast. They hadn't told me. And they, they're both working on, you know, Mrs. Thompson, she was a teacher. And she uh, um, thought she ran a foster home. She raised four young minority uh, girls to be very professional women. And so she was on one side telling me how she had watched me raise and she, she had watched me uh, be raised. And she thought I could learn this, even though I was behind. And my mom, every time I would say, maybe I couldn't, she'd say, God, I'll help you. And then they started crying. I wasn't respecting them. We're up against God, Miss Thompson and the tears. Huh? Right. I said, okay, I'll, I'll go visit the campus. And they said, when? I said, okay, I'll let you. They said, we're going to go next week and we're going to go with you. <laughs> <laughs> so they took me to school and just what I thought was there. I didn't know half the stuff they were talking about. Mm. And uh, um, three weeks into this program, we had our first midterm and I got a 2.8, which was lower than three point. Mm -hmm. So I'm figuring I'm going to tell mom that I tried. I did try really hard. Yeah. And, you know, just didn't make it. I didn't have a mentor. Um, I was being ostracized. Uh, and so it was tough. Mm -hmm. And then my mother called me and told me my father had had a heart attack. Mm. And since every all the, the older children were all gone, my three sisters were married. My brothers were off in the service, two Marines, Air Force. I'm figuring driving home this late September night, raining. Mm -hmm. I'm going to drop out of school. I'm having it going to be the martyr. And tried hard, and now I'm gonna have to go home and help the family. And so I go into the hospital late that night. My father was there, hooked up on all these various lines, and I'm sitting there thinking I'm gonna get a job. And he wakes up and says, "What are you doing here?" Mm. And I said, "Well, Dad, you had a heart attack, and I, I'm your oldest son, so I'm figuring I'm gonna have to come home and help the family." It's kind of like. That song called Patches by Clarence Carter. Mm -hmm. That was kind of what I felt like. And um, so he says, um, well, I'm not going to die tonight. He says, I'm not going to live long enough for your mother to raise all these children, but I'm going to live long enough for you to get out of school. Mm -hmm. So I didn't have the guts to tell him I had only made that too late. And so the next morning, everything changed. Yeah. I mean, I was trying hard and I had rationalized failure. Um, but on my way back, I made a commitment. And I asked God, I said, if you help me get out of school, 
now I'm using my mother. She, she kept saying God was going to help me. So now I'm really asking if you help me get out of school before my father died, uh, I will help minorities and other people like me for the rest of my life. Mm, wow. And well, that's why I'm here. That's why you're here. And thank you. Thank you, God, <laughs> for making Jim Cates <laughs> get with the program. Oh, well, that's a beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. We're going to take a quick break and we'll come right back. Thank you for listening to Love Never Fails Radio. For more information on this program, visit loveneverfailsus.com. That's loveneverfailsus.com. We'll be right back with more right after these messages. Trash bills weighing you down? At Case Industries, we specialize in lowering waste costs and providing trash consolidation and compaction services for multifamily properties, condos, and commercial shopping centers. Let us help you reduce operating expenses and increase property NOI. Case Industries, saving the planet, saving you money. Contact us today for a property trash and recycling assessment online at caseindustries.us or call 510-566-4223. That's caseindustries.us or call 510-566-4223. Case Industries, the property manager's friend. Are you struggling to find peace in your life? Feeling anxious? Or going through a difficult life storm? Scott Dixon, a Christian humanitarian filmmaker and host of the Dove Teachings web series, wants you to know that you are not alone. Go to doveteachings.org to see great Dove teaching lessons, pastor insights, and aspiring testimonies. You can watch the current show and more at doveteachings.org. That's D-O-V-E teachings.org where you will find peace in your daily life through the teachings of Jesus. Welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio, where you are invited to turn your compassion into action and love those in your midst. Now, here's the host of Love Never Fails Radio, Vanessa Russell. And welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio. We again are in the studio today with Jim Cates. Um, As I mentioned in the first segment, he is the president of Lobby Group, um, LOBI is actually an acronym that stands for Ladder of Business Intelligence, and it is a business intelligence consulting firm that um, is part of just his vision for for the world, his vision for the world and and in in supporting um, technology and bringing forth technology solutions in many, many ways, and one of which is in serving individuals who need economic sustainability in their life. And uh, we are so grateful to Jim, who is a member of the East Bay Interagency Technology or Training Council, uh, EBIATC. We are part of that uh, council as well. Love Never Fails is. And um, Jim is just brings a plethora of experience, 40 years of executive leadership and in the tech industry for companies such as Altera, Brocade, Information Technology Solutions, Synopsis, Silicon Graphics and IBM, as I mentioned earlier. I want to talk a little bit about one of the things that you're really focused on here, which is um, mentoring, teaching and helping youth, which you say are the guardians of our nation's future. As I Look at um, mentorship, um, and there's just been tons and tons of articles, and and it's you know evidence that has been collected about the power of mentorship, especially when you are um, looking at infusing and or creating culture that is more diverse and more inclusive. Um, human resources studies have been. 
uh, collected that show that really it is the only way that you can um, create that diversity and inclusion in a workplace is by bringing in people to mentor the people that have the desire to do this and then inserting mentors within the organization to support those individuals as they grow and as they come into the organization and, and, you know, contribute to the organization. What are your thoughts on that? Um, why do you think that mentorship is so important? You, you mentioned in the last segment, you had some challenges as you were in school. Do you think that having a mentor would have made a difference? Just anything as it relates to mentorship for you and why you focused your life in this way. For sure. It, it, it would have made a difference. Um, the, the mentoring is the way um, the wisdom is passed to youth so they don't have to make all the same mistakes. Um, when I was 19, I met Fannie Lou Hamer and, at the school I was at. Um, Martin Luther King was supposed to come and speak. And for two years, he couldn't make it. And each year he didn't come. He sent uh, somebody from the Southern Christian Leadership Conference. One year was Reverend Lowry, uh, who was a very good, uh, excellent speaker. And then the next year was Fannie Lou Hamer, who was a sharecropper and led the voting of blacks in Mississippi. And the two people, who gave me concepts and mentored me. And it was really one, doesn't take long to mentor. One was Jesse Owens at a, at a, at a speech he gave in Columbus East, where he explained that if you were a minority, and now these are my words, that's all over the world, there are majority powers and minority powers, and not just in the United States. Mm-hmm. Um, Ours is based a lot on race. In other countries, it's based on many different things. I choose to look at it that way. So being a mathematician is just another variable in the game of life to be understood and overcome. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, in Jesse Owens' case, his example was making a broad jump, and he kept getting fouled, and he had to jump, I don't know, let's say six inches behind the line recommended to him by his competitor, who was a a German. And that record that he set lasted longer than any of the other four records that he set in the 1936 Olympic Games. And so he left me with that concept. I was 16 then, was prepare yourself, since I am a minority, don't have angst over, just prepare yourself to do battle and become the very best. Mm. And Fannie Lou Hamer, uh, once you heard her story and what she went through. And at the time I spent the afternoon with her and it indicated that I sometimes I felt like quitting. Yeah. And she said, well, if you quit, then what is Martin and myself and Dr. Lowry, John Lewis? She said, what, what are we doing this for? And after she says, after you heard what I went through, she says, you haven't earned the right to quit. Mm, come on. And I never forgot that. That's good. So the, the mentoring are people who can give you insight into your difficulties that you can never get on your own. I mean, you, it, it's, 
experience is what gives you wisdom. And it's only by talking to people who've gone there before you that you will not make the same mistakes. But even more importantly, they can tell you ways to overcome them and give you the mental power to believe that you can overcome them because you have seen that they overcome. That's right. So this idea of seeing a role model that's walked the same battle that you have to walk and who has won, you know it can be done. That's right. So it's just, is your mind strong enough? The battlefield of the mind, huh? Yes. Yeah. So that's where I spend most of my time. Independent, I've managed multicultural groups all over the world. Yeah. Mentoring is a is a concept. It's the same for any minority majority. Women, you know, are minority majority. In my earlier days in IBM, I put together teams of all women because I watched them. I watched the strong ones. I watched the ones who had the mental strength to do the battle. It doesn't do any good to put whether 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 you're a minority or not. If you haven't, if you don't believe in yourself, and if you don't believe you can do battle, then you won't win. And it doesn't have anything to do with your color. So I I, I put together all women teams because I knew they were the ones that had the strength. And again, I could mentor them and tell them the various techniques that they had to use to achieve their goals. And that's what a mentor does. He, he or she explains to their mentee how to maneuver in, in the organizational game of shit, I call it, that's played to achieve your goals. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I was going to mention, and I think you were very adamant about, um, you know, when, when we were forming the career readiness boot camps that we do in partnership with Merritt College, uh, IT Biz uh, Technology Academy does in partnership with Merritt College. When we were creating that, uh, I don't know if you remember, we, you were you were kind of giving us um, some of your insights around how important it, it is to explore some of these challenging circumstances. Right. And to come up with scenarios for doing battle, right? How, you know, this, this person's going to do this. What are you going to do in response? How are you going to, re- how are you going to not quit? How are you going to not back down? And so we developed um, a module called the resilient leader, which we deliver, you know, every time we do the career readiness boot camp, And, um, and it's been hugely successful because we get a chance to talk about real things that are relevant to your average um, American person working in, you know, in a U.S. Uh, capacity. And but I love I just have to say, love that you pointed out that there are different experiences in different places and different minorities in different places and the need for mentorship, support. Um, hope, right? Leadership, um, all of those things in the kind of cultural context is so, so important. All right. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to take a break and we're going to come back and we're going to talk about some of the things that we're trying to achieve it right here, right now in 2023, uh, to make a difference in the lives of underserved, under-resourced individuals 
in the Bay Area and across the U.S. We'll be right back. And thanks for listening to Love Never Fails the Radio. To join in the fight for love, visit loveneverfailsus.com. Don't go away. Love Never Fails Radio will return right after these messages from our sponsors. This is Dr. Miluna Fausch. I am honored to serve on the advisory board of Love Never Fails, where each voice matters as lives are restored. Thank you for your support. Let's face it, you are making a pitch for something every day. Your verbal communication skills are the key to your professional and personal success. My company, Pitch Perfect Presentations, trains executives, management teams, and startups in delivering consistent, effective, engaging presentations to today's diverse audiences to rev up sales, attract clients and fans, and secure funding. Visit PitchPerfectPresentations.com to schedule your complimentary strategy call with me today. That's PitchPerfectPresentations.com, PitchPerfectPresentations.com. Welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio, where you are invited to turn your compassion into action and love those in your midst. Now, here's the host of Love Never Fails Radio, Vanessa Russell. Welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio. We again are in the studio today with Jim Cates, who is the president of Lobby Group, a business intelligence consulting firm with 40 years of experience in the tech world. And we've just been talking about his uh, where his inspiration came from in mentoring, teaching, and helping youth who he calls, uh, who he named the guardians of our nation's future. I want to bring in um, during the break, we were talking a little bit about, you know, how things like artificial intelligence can play such a huge role in creating training, uh, creating models that can help people to understand things like what we talked about in the last segment, which is scenarios that come up in the real world that, may be uh, may impact somebody in the workplace or in um, in their daily lives and come up with scenarios, ways to respond to those challenges that may come up. And and so AI, you know, and and various technology uh, platforms um, can really bring solutions into um, many different cultural and societal challenges. Um, and, you know, certainly with, you know, as you mentioned during the break, um, there would need to be that human touch, right, that lays itself on to some of the automation. But technology is becoming such a huge part of what we do every day and can really, again, be used to um, change things for the better. How do you see tech um, changing some of the challenges that we're experiencing right here in the San Francisco Bay Area. What what do you what do you foresee in the near future? Well, I think the first thing is that tech is a good career alternative because it pays good salaries. So um the biggest impact in the Bay Area, and and one reason um, I, you know, led the creation of the cybersecurity program 
is that if the minorities um, move into this area of which we're underrepresented, they can have the advantage of um, getting in jobs and and uh, participating in this lucrative world. So that's one way. Yeah. Um, the other way is, as you were mentioning, now with generative AI, it can help in, uh, in, in teaching uh, some of the challenges that people will have so they can navigate this world uh, so they can get more comfortable in it. Um, we can even create games. I mean, right? We we can create games that uh, students could play. Simulate experiences. Simulate experiences. That's they can right. learn these games the same as they learn other games. So when they see them in the real world, they'll have strategies in their head, and and it won't. They won't feel like they're the victim. Yeah. Well, and more and more, we're seeing. Um, I've noticed several online training platforms are moving towards gamification of the most sort of, uh, I'll just say, dull topics (laughs) just to make them interesting. But I think, you know, infusing social insights, life skills into a game could be transformative. I mean, especially for the traditionally unreached, right? The untraditional populations that, you know, black, brown women um, that, you know, haven't maybe entered into the tech world as readily um, as others um, in at least here in the U.S. So, yeah, that that could be really, really interesting. Um, I even have a model already mm-hmm. already created in my mind mm. that I believe we can map all human behavior into to start the game. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. What would you call it, Jim? Um, well, for some of the um, people I've mentored, they already know this, right? Uh-huh. In, my, in, in my book, Climbing the Ladder of Business Intelligence, in Chapter 5, it's um, the people chapter. So uh-huh. 25 pages I try to describe <laughs> all, all the things that people do. But uh, in that chapter, it talks about Every human having uh, an, an ego, which is your value system, you know, nature, nurture. I don't get into the debates of what's more impactful than the other. And, and this is my world. By the time you're eight or 10, I think you're about 80 percent there, depending on on that nature, nurture. Mm-hmm. And so that's the E. And out of that comes your value system. And then once you know a person's E, you can kind of decide how you're going to communicate with them. Because that E is going to be different on how they were raised, where you are in the world, so forth. And now I know the E, I can pick the C, I can negotiate the intersection of our Vs. We all have vested interests. Mm. Claim every transaction. And then the way you manage that is with the HGs and I's, what I call honey, yield, and intimidation. Honey is we got a natural alignment. Uh, And maybe not the best model, but I tell students if I had a guillotine and it took both of us to hold it up and both of our necks were under the guillotine. We don't have to say anything. And we know exactly what to, what to do. <laughs> Terrible, <laughs> but makes sense. <laughs> and, and we're instant partners. Yes. Wow. If I, take, if I take my neck out, it's a whole different story of negotiation. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then if I know your value system, 
I can work on the G. That's kind of guilt if you can be made, you know, that. And these things all go from zero to 100, depending on who you are. And then the I is intimidation. And that goes all the way from, you know, you're married or, you know, bullies, you know, all the way over there to the other end, depending on what society you're in, where it's pretty bad. But Mm -hmm. I claim with the VZs and Cs and HGs and Is, I can model all human behavior. So the alphabet soup of life, huh? <laughs> yep. nope. I got to put details around it. But yeah. That model is what I use, have used for, you know, as I evolved it, what I've used for, I don't know, 10, 20 years, wherever I go in the world. It, it's a framework. It, so it doesn't give you an answer, but yeah. it gives you the framework so you don't have to say, oh, I never thought. Right. This allows you to think this is what can possibly happen as you move into different situations in the world. You know, it's, it's uh, interesting to me that um, one of the challenges I see, and, you know, I have about 40 employees and now, and, um, and the people that I work with are absolutely like stellar people, just loving compassionate we just did a manager's uh like a it's called a manager 360 survey that we do every year and they had people um basically rate their their managers and you know give their managers feedback and across the board just everybody said everyone here is kind everyone here loves everybody they they respect everybody um and and but there was there's was a challenge and you know in that we all had in critical thinking and and it plays itself out in decision-making, right. And in timeliness of decision-making and just in, in thinking through the outcomes of what, you know, what, if I do this, then I, that'll result. And I think, I think that that's a challenge in many underserved, under-resourced communities. We haven't, learned to kind of work around a framework like what you just described. Um, we kind of have, you know, and I don't know, you, you have an intuition about things, but um, making decisions about how to move forward, it's not as clean as when you are more deliberate and aware. Yes, you're, yes, you're absolutely. Is that, is that Right. Yes, you're absolutely right. And since I've managed so many managers over these many years, I you know I became a manager when I was 22, chosen by the group I was in. I didn't want to be a manager. Um, everybody in the group was 10, 15 years older than me, and I was new to the group, and they chose me to be the manager. That's another story. But um, it, it, the fear of making a decision is what keeps most people from not achieving their goals in life. Mm. The other thing that keeps them from achieving their goals in life is they don't create a vision. I won't even deal with the purpose. I mean, if, if you, the earlier you get a purpose, it will drive so many of your decisions. The fact that I had a purpose at 22 years old as a result of that event that I had with my father uh, the fact that I was going to help other people gave me a purpose. And right. so that allowed me 
So no matter what situation I was in, what a company I was in, where I was going to travel, where I was going to live, where I was going to marry, was all driven by that purpose. So it made it makes your life so much easier. So if you if you run through life purposelessly, then you're doing this random walk. You can't build a vision because you don't have a purpose. Wow! 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 Well, we're going to take a quick break while wow, you've given us a lot to think about there, Jim. Uh, thank you so much. We'll come right back. And thanks for listen, listening to Love Never Fails Radio. For more information on this program, visit loveneverfailsus.com. That's loveneverfailsus.com. We'll be right back with more right after these messages. Trash bills weighing you down? At Case Industries, we specialize in lowering waste costs and providing trash consolidation and compaction services for multifamily properties, condos, and commercial shopping centers. Let us help you reduce operating expenses and increase property NOI. Case Industries, saving the planet, saving you money. Contact us today for a property trash and recycling assessment online at caseindustries.us or call 510-566-4223. That's caseindustries.us or call 510-566-4223. Case Industries, the property manager's friend. Hi, I'm Sandra Herrera, CEO of Case Industries. I've found that many employers are looking for ways to help the community but don't know how. I encourage you to consider supporting Love Never Fails as a corporate sponsor. Love Never Fails offers all the resources necessary to help young women and men overcome the trauma of exploitation and abuse. And that's why I'm proud to have Case Industries supporting Love Never Fails Radio. Welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio, where you are invited to turn your compassion into action and love those in your midst. Now, here's the host of Love Never Fails Radio, Vanessa Russell. And welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio. We again are in the studio with Jim and we are just um, uh, just having a great conversation about serving underserved, under-resourced individuals, people who are... Uh, not, maybe not traditionally thinking about cybersecurity and tech and as an industry or as a hobby even. Um, and, you know, one of the things that I thought, you know, just again, we were chatting during the break and, and Jim was sharing with me that he became a manager at the age of 22 and he didn't want to become a manager. And I, I you know, I too, um, when I when I stumbled upon the tech industry, I literally I was in a desperate situation. Um, I was uh, a mother, a single mother of a small baby and needed to provide for myself. Didn't have any fallback routine. Nobody with money in my family. None of that. Um, and had to find a good job quick. And so I went off and got IT or I, Internet protocol IP for dummies, uh, TCP IP for dummies, and um, studied that, applied for a tech, tech, technical analyst position, and I got it. And, uh, and I started getting promoted almost immediately. And it's interesting to me that, you know, many of us do not have that self-awareness that we have these kinds of leadership abilities. You know, I never, never imagined myself actually didn't really plan on living very long, to be honest with you. Um, what is that that you don't know? I mean, you you mentioned earlier 
that you, you know, you were good in the garden and you had, you know, done all these, you you were very helpful with your family. You did well in school. What, What was it about you that, why didn't you know that you could do management or what were, what were your plans? What were you going to do instead? Well, I had never known a manager. I didn't know what management was. There we go. I had never seen a role model. So I didn't know whether I could do it or not. And when the group chose me, it, I knew I could program because I liked it. But dealing with a group of humans, I just didn't want to do that. And the way they convinced me was that uh, I was going to be like Bill Russell, kind of like a player coach. I mm-hmm. really, and, and this tells you how, how ignorant I was, I was really not going to do people issues. The deal was, they kind of, you know, well, okay, you'll just program, you know, get the money, but you won't handle the people issues, right? Because they were all older than me. I mean, yeah. what is a 22-year-old going to be telling people in their 30s uh, uh, what to do was my take. So, yeah. I did the, so the point I'm making is you don't know what you don't understand. And there, and there are so many of us in the minority community who really don't know the various opportunities that are available. Yeah, Again, because they haven't been exposed, right? Right, right. And so the reason we're building the cybersecurity program here at Merritt um, is to do that. And the people who are coming here teaching, um, they're some of the best cybersecurity people in the world. Yeah. And they're doing that, and we're doing it with a hybrid model, working with the Merritt faculty. Um, uh, but most of them don't charge us anything. They come here and do lectures. Um, Mark Egan, who's my co-partner from the SICE group that I'm in, which is a group of stands for consortium of consortium of information system executives, which is a group of professionals that donate um I'd say around seventy to eighty thousand dollars a year to the program. They get lectures. And so all of those things are to make our students aware of opportunities and they can learn from these people what they would be doing. And we we kind of wrap around them uh, mentors. Um, it's online. They only meet on Fridays. And so we're trying to make this as easy as possible for them to take advantage of this opportunity. Got it. Yeah. And so that everyone understands what's so exciting to me is uh, IT biz gets to front end this. So we, you know, last year we graduated 53 students from the IT biz tech Academy. And so we get to refer those students over for continuing education while they're working and maybe their first tech job, they can continue on to get cybersecurity certifications with Merritt College and other, you know, other certifications, you know, AWS Cloud or Project Management. There's so many others that they can go on to pursue um, just to continue to build up their resume and hopefully climb the ladder in the organization where they've landed. And and so but having those mentors in those relevant instructors that are in in the industry coming in and providing education is so it's just 
there's nothing like it because of exactly what you said earlier, right? Which is that um, people um, can see themselves in someone else and imagine that they might be able to do the same. And we have um, uh, a Bang Nall Club, which is a club of students that help each other and they compete in the national cyber games. And out of maybe hundreds of teams, uh, eight or 900 teams for the first three or four years, they've come in number four or five in the nation where we're we're competing against four-year colleges and other two-year colleges with our new resources. And so that's an example of what we're doing to help them. We, we, in the last one that just happened this spring, I think because of the pandemic, but it was still a thousand teams. We came in around 45. So we've always been in the top 5%. Um, and so students help students in that case. Um, employers sometimes send people in to help us. So employers can help. Uh, we're trying to work with community agencies that will help our students. So anybody that wants to find out and everybody can help, go to americasecurity.com and join the team. Yes. Do it. Do it. Do it right now. Meritsecurity.com. Well, well, actually, we're going to take a break and we're going to make it real clear how people can get going right now today, um, how they can enroll um, if they already have fundamental skills and they they're ready to get going with cybersecurity and go right in uh, to merit. If they are looking to get started in tech, um, we can take them into the IT Biz Tech Academy, get you ready, and then be uh, sending you on your way within three to six months so that you can experience all of this wonderful um, expertise and mentoring uh, starting today, starting right now, uh, you can get started today. So we'll be right back. And thanks for listening to Love Never Fails Radio. To join in the fight for love, visit loveneverfailsus.com. Don't go away. Love Never Fails Radio will return right after these messages from our sponsors. This is Dr. Miluna Fausch. I am honored to serve on the advisory board of Love Never Fails, where each voice matters as lives are restored. Thank you for your support. Let's face it, you are making a pitch for something every day. Your verbal communication skills are the key to your professional and personal success. My company, Pitch Perfect Presentations, trains executives, management teams, and startups in delivering consistent, effective, engaging presentations to today's diverse audiences to rev up sales, attract clients and fans, and secure funding. Visit PitchPerfectPresentations.com to schedule your complimentary strategy call with me today. That's PitchPerfectPresentations.com, PitchPerfectPresentations.com. Welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio, where you are invited to turn your compassion into action and love those in your midst. Now, here's the host of Love Never Fails Radio, Vanessa Russell. And welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio. We, again, have had a great time talking with Jim Cates 
uh, today about all things mentoring, uh, cybersecurity, uh, giving back, um, and really meeting the needs of individuals who need mentorship, need role models, um, so that they can live a life of purpose. And um, Jim, I just thank you so much for being on the show. Um, I was looking at the the site that you shared earlier, um, meritsecurity.com. Some really exciting stats on here. Just I wanted to rattle off a few. It says, you know, 90% of security program graduates have been placed in their chosen occupation. The average salary of a cybersecurity job is 119877 a year. Um, rate of employment um, growth for um, information security analysts between now and 2026 is 26%. And 2.9 million is the current estimated global surge of cybersecurity professionals in the workplace. So this is all right here on meritsecurity.com. You can go and check it out. Um, we also want to. Um, recommend that you enroll right now in IT biz. If you are brand spanking new to tech and you're thinking, I don't even know where to get started, um, you can enroll in our IT biz tech academy. And our start date is February the 7th. We are conducting enrollment orientations every week this month. And um, you will be co-enrolled in Merritt College and on a pathway to participating in the cybersecurity program um, there that um, Jim was referring to. And so you can do that by going to uh, www.loveneverfailsus.com forward slash IT biz. This program is free to you. Um, and and then uh, again, it's, it's a co-enrollment model. Um, we have a co-enrollment with Oakland Adult and Career Education with Merritt College and with Alameda Adult. And so there's just a great opportunity to um, get multiple ways of getting college credit and start your journey. Jim, is there anything else that you'd like to share about ways that people can engage with some of the work that you're doing? Yeah, we're building um, uh, what we call cybersecurity boot camps. And we're working with one of the collaborative um, agencies uh, to do that. So if they contact, um, I get probably IT biz or Darling, um, um, they could get information about how they could enroll in one of those camps. And the idea is the same thing. We they're normally taught by current students of merit or students who graduated who want to give back. And it allows them to learn about cybersecurity and decide if that's what they want. It's free of charge. Uh, we supply them with machines. Um, uh, it's one of the locations in Berkeley. Uh, so that's one way they can get in. And then the, the other thing is just to go to meritsecurity.com or the cybersecurity, I'm sorry, the merit site and go to their welcome merit uh, um, meetings at that will tell you how to go to the welcome merit um, uh, meetings with merit counselors. And so you can go and talk to a merit counselor if there are finances or questions you have. They also can give you a roadmap 
as to how best to navigate your way into merit and to tell you about various opportunities, including cybersecurity. Yes. Yeah, I was going to mention that um, Darlene, if if anyone, Darlene uh, Hawkins Sloan is uh, is one of the EBIATC members um, that is representing social services. And her email is dhawkins, H-A-W-K-I-N-S, at acgov.org. You can reach out to her, and she has an intake process that is it's kind of nice. It it na- helps you navigate what type, what pathway might be best for you. And so she will um, uh, certainly help to bring you into this port, this kind of platform of all of these different uh, pathways, whether it's cybersecurity or other technical pathways. So Darlene is one of the ways that you can come in. You can also come in through uh, the IT biz pathway, which it focuses on project management, sales, customer service, tech engineering, or entrepreneurship. You can also go directly in, as I mentioned, if you are um, you know, familiar with cybersecurity, maybe you've already taken some classes and you're ready to get going on um, picking up a cybersecurity certification um, directly with Merit. You can go to MeritSecurity.com. Um, or you can enroll um, in merit for other disciplines, other areas of interest like healthcare, um, like um, uh, you know, there's environmental health. There's various other pathways that may be of interest to you: business and law, um, education, uh, becoming a teacher, things of that. Liberal arts and communication. These are all areas that merit also. Uh, teaches in, and you can enroll directly there at merit.edu and speak with a counselor who can help you in that regard. So we want to make sure that you have a couple of different options, a couple different pathways to, at the end of the day, achieve your goals. But I think both, uh, Jim, I don't know, I I think we can both agree that uh, we want to be advocates for tech because it is uh, providing such as economically sustainable income for populations such as the BPOC population here and throughout the uh, throughout the San Francisco Bay Area that traditionally have not taken advantage. And so thank you so much, Jim, for being on the show. Uh, we really appreciate you being here and for all that you do. Thanks for having me. It's been fun and technology is fun. The first yeah. time I wrote a program, I became exceedingly excited, and I've been excited for the next 50 years. <laughs> and I could hear it in your voice, too. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, it is. And so thank you for being a champion for technology and for people, for our young people. We really appreciate it. Well, Happy New Year to you all. Um, of course, I want to just say very quickly, uh, want to encourage you to, if you have not signed up for our Fight for Love conference on January the 14th from 9 to 4.30, and you're looking for an opportunity to experience a deeper level of healing in your life, please sign up today. Um, reach out to Valerie, V-A-L-E-R-I-E at loveneverfailsus.com. She'll send you the Eventbrite for all, with all the details. Again, it's Saturday, the 14th of January from uh, 9 to 4.30 p.m. And you can reach out to Valerie for all of the details. It is a free 
Healing Conference, please reach out. And also, we'd like to invite you to our annual gala, which is uh, March the 11th from 530 to 8 p.m. And that is going to be at the Blackhawk Country Club in Danville. And you can sign up today by going to loveneverfailsus.com forward slash events. And tickets are are for sale there. And we're also uh, looking for sponsorships. So if you'd like to sponsor our gala, we'd love to hear from you. And you can reach out to Amina, A-M-I-N-A at loveneverfailsus.com for more information. All right. If you haven't heard it before or if you need to hear it again, we want to make sure that you know that you are loved. Happy New Year. Thanks for joining us this week on Love Never Fails Radio. We trust that you've been inspired by these stories of hope and love and that you'll accept our challenge to get involved by contacting us at loveneverfailsus.com, by liking and sharing our Facebook page, Facebook slash Love Never Fails Radio, or by making a contribution directly to Love Never Fails. This program is the broadcast outreach of Love Never Fails, which is a donor-supported nonprofit ministry that Vanessa founded as a way of directly impacting the lives of young people who are trapped in or at risk of becoming involved in human trafficking. This broadcast needs your involvement and support. To find out more, simply go to loveneverfailsus.com and click on the radio show link. Today's program was brought to you in part by Case Industries, as well as supporters from Faith Fellowship, New Hope Christian Fellowship, and the International Church of the Foursquare Gospel. On behalf of Vanessa and the whole team at Love Never Fails, thank you for listening, and thank you even more for committing to turn your compassion into action and love those in your midst. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.